Hi, I'm David. And I'm Shay. And you're listening to Board on the Air, where we talk about board games and board game-related topics. On tonight's show, it's episode 51, so that means we are going to be talking about the Shaylins. Top 10 games of all time. Ooh, we're bringing out the full name today. It's my day. I'm in charge. You guys get to hear all about me. Yes, so this is the end of our first year on CFCR. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we just wanted to do a top 10 of our favorite games. Overall. Overall. In general. A lot of them will probably sound familiar from games that we've talked about on the show. Um, But just wanted to, you know, shout them out as maybe why I like them so much. Yeah. Give them a little bit more love. Some of them we may not have talked about. It's true. But for the most part, if you listen to our show, which we hope you do, you're going to recognize the names of a lot of these games. Yeah. Okay. So... We're going to do this sort of interview style. I'll be asking Shay. We'll announce the top 10s numbers and she will talk about it. We'll have a bit of a discussion and then move on to the next one. Yeah. And then at the end, we'll have a little bit of a Q&A as I rib her for her picks. And uh, I get to do the same thing next week. Next week, Shay gets to do that to me. So any honorable mention games, Shay? Some, something that may have made your list if you had played it more or something that you've just finally played and thought yeah. hey this is pretty good yeah i got a couple on here uh raiders of the north sea the game that we played at the lake yes um i loved the game i've only played it once so i didn't include it on my top 10 list because you know it's been six months i don't know for sure whether i still like it as much like if the second play will be as fun so most of the games on my list i tried to play at least twice yep. uh that way i did have an idea of the game yeah, I, I think when people play a lot of games, and, and we play a, a... Yeah. Like, I play more than you, but you still play a decent amount of games. Yep. You know, playing something once, if it sticks in your mind that much, sometimes you can say, yeah, this is a yep. top 10 game. But, you know, I like to have played a game a few times yeah. before I can make that decision. I need to have won and lost games to really understand, like, if I like it or yeah. not. And then next week, I'll contradict myself and pick games that I've You've only, only played, played once. once, yeah. But I'll stand by my rule. <laughs> okay, um, so anything else? Yeah, Isle of Cats, which nah. I talked about a couple weeks ago. Last week? Last week. Um, two weeks. Two weeks. We talked about it recently. Recently, we've <laughs> talked about this. Really liked the game. I did win it, though, so I don't want to base that off of the fact, hey, I won the game, so I really liked it. Yeah, um, but... I do think I do think that it's going to be a top 10 for me, but it's also not one that we own or are really probably going to own, so it'll be hard for me to play it enough to really say, like, ah, it's one of my favorite games. Yeah, th- this is one that uh, part of our gaming group owns and brings out and will bring out if we ask them to, right? Absolutely. Uh, Oceans, going along with that, another game that I played. Actually, I have played that one twice. You have. And I've won both of them. Yes. But I don't. I didn't think it was enough to put it on my top 10 list, but okay. I did really enjoy it. Okay. Um, but it does have color in it. But it does have color in it. I love it. <laughs> I know it's not brown enough for you, but you know. Uh-huh. Uh, I also put Century on there. Century Gollum and Century New World is what we just played. Yep. I'd love to play them more because I think they're games I might really enjoy, but I've only played them each once. Okay. And I think that learning game, you know, I was a little confused. Okay, and, and those are those are great games for people that are just getting into the hobby too, yeah. right? So, so yeah, I want to play those more. So I think they might make the top ten, but I can't guarantee it. Uh, and then honorable mention to all the Roland rights that are so fun that I've played a million times, but I didn't feel were big enough games for me to consider them on my top ten. You know, 
we'll get into this next week for me, but I was very similar thought yeah. on the rolling rights. I like playing them, but to me, they're all filler games. Yeah. Right? Like the closest I would say to a non-filler would probably be Cartographers yeah. or Fleet. Oh, really? I put Welcome 2 on there as like one well, of my favorites. Welcome 2 is pretty yeah. darn great, right? It's awesome. I, I, I will play those games anytime, but not to the point where they're a top 10 game. For me. Yeah, they're ju- they just weren't enough, yep. right? Okay, let's get into the meat of this. Yeah. Number 10. Number 10 is the game that got me into gaming, I would say. Catan. No. <laughs> Sorry, got me into liking games. Okay. Can you take a guess? Liking games, uh, Seven Wonders? No, Pandemic. Pa- oh, yes. Yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> I thought you might get that one. I should have gotten yeah. that one. So Pandemic, uh, we've talked about in our Gateway games. We've, you know, we've mentioned it quite a bit. It is a co-op game yep. where you each play, I think it's up to four players. You each play as a person who can do a certain action and your goal is to rid the world of the four diseases that are on there and there is you know card flipping card drawing some set collection it's a really fun game where you have to work together to like actually heal everything and you're like okay if we go here and then here and then here and trade this will all work out well um i i really uh enjoyed this game and i think it got me into liking games because it was one of the first ones i played that was co-op i when i started and still now i'm not a huge fan of games where you're completely against people you know like it's very take that so i like the idea of a game where i don't have to worry about fighting with other people i just have to fight what's on the board yep Unless you're playing with our family. Unless you're playing with our family. Because as we've mentioned, there is an aspect of alpha gamer to this, uh, especially if you've played it quite a bit. But I still think it is one of my favorite games. uh, And I can't wait to try Pandemic Legacy to see what I think of that. Excellent. Okay. Uh, Not a surprise. You've talked about this. Uh, Lots of theme. Yep. Not a big competitive aspect of the game. Yeah, this makes sense, right? Okay, number nine. So my number nine is Orleans. Not not as obvious, I'd say, on my list, but I just really enjoy how this game plays. Like, it's a bag builder, and it was, I think, the second bag builder I ever played. I played Altiplano first, I think, and then we played Orleans, and I just enjoyed Orleans better I think because it didn't have that movement factor to it or as much of a movement factor going on it didn't rely on moving to get to different spaces right it, it was one that really relied on you having the best strategy yeah to to win the game yeah right where Altiplano there was the best strategy but it added that extra layer of complexity mm-hmm. right I I enjoy games where I can plan out what I want to do and I can follow my plan Um, And I just thought Orleans kind of fit that bill really well. And I like, because there's still a lot of stuff to do with the game, right? This is really like, of the two, the one that has had the best staying power, the best, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody really likes Orleans. Yeah. People like Altiplano. People love Orleans. Yeah. And see, uh, Orleans is a game that if people brought it out and said, hey, we're going to play this, I'd say, yeah, I'm in. I'm absolutely in. Where Altiplano is more like, Mm, is there something else I could play, right? Yep. Like I'll play it if I if that's the what's pl- out. 
I would prefer to play Orleans. And uh, as a bag builder, I thought it was just a lot of fun. A little more complex than Pandemic, obviously. Definitely. Um, but again, not a very uh, take that. It's a very Euro style game. Yes, it, it is very. Uh, there's some competitive racing in it. Yeah. But there is. An, you know, you have to get the resources before everybody else takes there the resources. There is really so. no take that in it. Yeah, which yeah. I enjoy. Yep. Okay. Number eight. <laughs> Here we go. We haven't mentioned it in a while. Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. Hogwarts battle. <laughs> we, we... So, number eight. Yeah. This is one that you talk about a lot. Yeah. Is it because we haven't played it for a while? Probably. Okay. And also because, like, so we haven't played it for a while. And also the other games that we play, I just think that there's more to them that okay. puts them higher on the list. Something that makes it just more fun to play. But back to Harry Potter. Um, first off, I love the theme. I absolutely love Harry Potter. So I loved getting a game that is themed around Harry Potter that is also a true game and not just like Harry Potter Monopoly. Yep. Um, I thought they took the theme and made it into a very good game. You you feel how they went through the Harry Potter world and they put that into this playing experience, right? It is a cooperative game, um, which I really enjoy. And then it's, we decided it was a campaign game, correct? Yes, because yes. you're... There's, there's no real legacy. Yeah, you there, don't. There's you a don't, piece of legacy yeah. in that you're adding cards to the game. Yeah, but you're not changing. You're not your changing start. anything. Um, but I do like that you play through each book, and as you get through the higher level books, you actually get more skills. You know, you are able to start with an ability of some sort, um, and you know, you get more powers and stuff like that. Which I, I just found it very fun how you kind of build upon that, and again, it feels very much like you know. You're in Hogwarts, right? And then you're learning things as you go. You fight the the uh, enemies. The only thing that does put this down a little bit is that to really have fun, we did have to put a house rule in, which is that we did the villains in order of books just to make it so we could actually win the game. <laughs> yeah, well, this is a game that we play at four players. Yep. And everything I've read say the more people you play, the harder the game is. Yes. Right? People say you play with two-player, you're going back and forth, you're getting more turns, you're able to do more actions and get more cards out. Yeah. And so... I could see that. And, like, I could see you also then don't flip as many bad cards, right? Exactly. Um, before you get around to the next person. Yeah. But I do... Like, I think the thing that makes this game just so fun for me is how they integrate the theme. Yep. Um, and I love... Um, card drafting, you know, like uh, hand hand building and stuff like that. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Deck building is the word Deck I'm looking building, for. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the thing that I that really stands out with this game to me is the fact that it was really the first game with an intellectual property on it that I thought, hey, yeah, this is well, an actual game. That's the thing is that it like it's just so good that it's a true game, and you could put any theme on that. Like you could make it a basic game, and you'd still like have fun with the game right yeah but with the harry potter theme added it works so well definitely and so that that i think is what draws me to this game okay number seven number seven is a new one that we've played a million times it's very simple but i just love how i can play it over and over and over and over and over again and i will never get bored of it and that is trans america <laughs> right it's just it's such a simple game and this is where i go against what i just said which the other games have more to them but i do love that we can put transamerica on the table and everybody can learn to play it in less than five minutes and everybody will have fun with it right i love the racing aspect of oh who's who's close right like where do i have to go to be able to get this done 
Um, it, it's just such a neat style of game, of train game. I just think it's fantastic. One, well, we enjoy our a good train game, right? Absolutely. Like we enjoy Ticket to Ride. No. We really enjoyed Railways of the World, and this is that train game at its base level, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think that's another charm to it is yeah. that everybody is competitive in it. Yeah. You know, somebody, you never feel like you're left behind in that game, right? You know, we we've played, I believe, nine or ten times oh, of this game. Definitely more since we <laughs> like since January first. Yeah, right. And in those plays, there's been maybe once or twice in a round where somebody really gets beat up on. Yeah, right. And and that that's a good game to me. Yeah, right? definitely. So yeah, I just think this one made it so high on the list just because it is such a simple but awesome game and really fun. Replayability is a big thing, right? Yep. Oh, for and sure. I could definitely replay this all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's go to number six. Number six is one that you don't enjoy that much. Uh, cryptid. No, I enjoy Cryptid. You just can't play it. I'm not good at it. don't. Understand? I, I get where the monster is the turn after people guess it. <laughs> Me and Jordan could play this two-player and just be like, okay, we're, we're always within one turn of each other. And, and you have played two-player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I love the style of this game. So it's something that I don't see very often. Where, you know, so for those of you who don't know, you are, you can play up to five people. You are each given a clue on this map of different terrains and uh, monuments and territories. And you're told where the monster can or cannot be. So, you know, cannot be within two spaces of this or it has to be within these two areas. You you get a basic clue. You, You get a basic clue. And the goal of the game is by asking yes or no questions, basically, you know, Dave, is the monster here? Or I think the monster is here. Stuff like that. You determine what other people's clues are. So you can figure out the one spot or the couple of spots that a monster, the monster could actually be in. Theoretically. And I just love these, this puzzle aspect. Like trying to figure out everybody else's clue by what can't be where and what. You know, I love that idea of just crossing out and filling in the blanks. Um, it's very fun for me to think about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a thinky game. Yeah. With a simple mechanic. Absolutely. There's not right? much to it. There you know, the the design of it and everything is very plain. Yeah. Uh there is some color, but there's nothing spectacular about it. Yeah. But the thinkiness of the game elevates it to that next level. Definitely. And there's a like a hundred clues per person. <laughs> yeah, like <So laughs> there's there's five books and two full pages of clues in and each of two them. Two full pages of clues in each of them and it and they have a stack of like 70 or 80 mm-hmm. cards that keep these in order yeah and yeah. It, it's it's just really cool how they make it work i agree okay you're listening to board on the air this is shaylin's top 10 and we are on to number five number five number five is a game that both i've played quite a few times and i've actually won quite a few of them so definitely puts it up there on my list. As, uh, I sense this uh, theme that a game is fun if you win. A game becomes more fun if you win all the time. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but also, I just think it's a really good game. Uh, Coimbra. 
Coimbra. Yeah. I haven't played it in a while, actually. I know we took it on New Year's, and then we ended up not playing it. But it is probably one of my, well, obviously on this list, one of my favorite games that we've bought. I just think the design's very nice. The mechanic is simple. And it's another one of those that I can kind of see where I want to go as the cards come out and figure out what I want to do with them. You know, it's like, oh, I have to raise my uh, level here. I can do that. And if I do that, then I can, you know, get some of these cards better. And I also like how the dice work. You know, you roll the dice and then you place it in your little, or you pick the dice, sorry. And then you place it in your little castle area so you can bid on which card or which turn order you want to buy cards in. Yeah, um, this this is a, a really fun dice placement game. Yeah. Right? And... You know, the mitigation of the luck of rolling dice mm. is very prevalent in this game to the point where you you can work with anything you roll. Well, that's the thing is like sometimes you there's low numbers, right? Yep. But that's not always a bad thing and it doesn't always matter Yep. depending on where you're going, right? And I think the like the design, the actual colors and look of the game is also quite nice. Yeah. And like I said, because there's so much going on, right? You have uh, scoring at end of game and you have scoring during the game and you're trying to get kind of like an income going and money. And, you know, it's it's very well designed. And I it's just a game that kind of clicks with me. So I, I I understand how to play it pretty quickly. And so I just enjoy being able to go into this game and go, okay, I know what I want to do. Even yeah. though it's not going to be the same strategy every time it's just i can figure out a strategy based on what i get yeah it's it's not a game that sa seems samey every time you play it, exactly right? yeah. you know there is very variability as yeah. you set it up as you play it definitely and, and i'd like to throw in there that this is something that has stuck with me in a lot of my games uh when i started playing games i wasn't a huge fan of the ones that we played over and over and over again because i felt like i always played the same game and i got bored of it when I joined our game club, I had a lot more, like in our high school, I had a lot more fun because we played a different game every time, right? So I was never playing the same thing. And so when I got to games that they change every game you play, I was in love because it's like, oh, good. I don't have to play the same game. That's why I like Betrayal, you know, games like that, right? For sure. Okay, number four. Number four was number one on my top 10 of the year list. Do you remember it? Would that be quacks or wingspan no no neither wingspan was yours oh. <laughs> uh, dice hospital oh that one that one uh i'm supposed to pay attention is what you're saying yeah okay don't just think about yourself dave come okay. on come on i, I, don't I just think, i don't even think quacks was on my top five list i think we both put 10. it as a filler game it was, it was, i don't even know if it was a filler game it was just like I hadn't, I've only, had only played it once at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I played it the most after that show. Okay. Um, but Dice Hospital is my number four on this list. And for the same reasons I said there, or in that show, right? Or at least I assume the variability is very fun. Again, it is a dice placement game, dice placement and worker placement kind of mixed together. Um, and I just like the theme and style of how you make everything work. I think the mechanic is just so solid. It's fun to play with everybody. And every time I play, I've had a good time, right? You know, you're trying to get enough workers that you can place them in enough rooms so you can heal your dice. But then also, if you get too many workers, you want to places to put all of them. So you need to get more rooms, but only the rooms that work for you. It, it's just very interesting how it all works out. And I've never felt like I've played the same game twice. It's that nice puzzle. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Another solid game. Yeah. I, 
it just works. Yep, for and, sure. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number four or three. We are on our top three. My top three Your already. Your top three. This, this, this is the good stuff. Those other this seven is, are crap. Yeah. Who cares about them? Really, <laughs> really. They're just, they're just anything games. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, my number three has been mentioned already. Is Quacks. Quacks of Quedlingburg. <laughs> because so this, because you've played it more, yeah, has jumped ahead. It's of jumped Dice ahead Hospital. of Dice Hospital. Okay. Yeah. So if you updated my lists of the year, Quacks would go ahead of it. I think it's probably one of my favorites that I've played. Um, and I would like to add that I like it with the Herb Witches expansion. I I, I like the base game, yeah. but it's it, it needs that expansion yeah. in my brain. I, like, I won't play without them now. Yeah, definitely. So um, for the base game, it is a bag builder, push your luck style game. So the idea is you are, well, quacks. So you're bad doctors who are trying to make potions. And that's about as far as the theme goes. Yep. Um, and what you're trying to do is buy ingredients that go into your bag that you then pull out and put in your potion mixture, cauldron. The trick is if you pull a certain amount, seven, of the white um, cherry, bombs. cherry bombs, then your potion explodes and you get either points or money. But if you stop and you have not exploded, then you get points and money and sometimes gems depending on where you stop. Yep. Um... So it's a very well set up game. And I also like the fact that even in the base game that the, you know, even if you explode, you still get something, right? Like early on, you don't necessarily need those points. You want to get money so you can buy more um, ingredients. And each ingredient also, the more colorful ones, will give you a different ability. So things like, you know, gain a victory point if this person draws that, you know, give it to a person, you get a victory point or give it to this person, you get a ruby um, if you pull it out, you know, you go extra spaces and stuff like that. Uh, so it's a really neat feature. The herb witches allow you to do extra things by paying with a token. So the tokens are worth points at the end of the game too. But they also can give you options of not exploding, getting more victory points. Like one, it was victory points for every color that's on your board. And I had all of them. So yep. I got like 20 victory points. Um, which is... I think was really cool. I did enjoy that. But there's also so many different witches that it changes every game, right? Yeah, there there is a lot of variability, especially with the herb witches built yes. into it. And, and the thing that I get a kick out of in this game is that push your luck aspect yeah, of it. It's so fun. And the gam like it it's it's really gambling. And, yeah. and people that I've played this with that I don't see as gamblers. Oh my gosh, are they gamblers? I know. And the thing is, it's just, you're like, okay, I know that most of these are good, right? Yep. And then you pull out the only one that will blow you up. Yeah. It, probability doesn't say that should happen, but it does. And well, it's just so much fun. Played with one friend who's, you know, a pr pretty mathy guy. And he's like, the probability of me pulling this bad one out, it should never happen. Yeah, but it And does. it always does. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You're just attracted to it. Um, and yeah, there's other things that make up this game, but it's just, it's gorgeous to look at. There is a lot of pieces, so recommend you need a big table for it. Although we managed to fit it on a small one. We have, uh, <laughs> I recommend a big one though. Um, and yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. It's a great game. Uh, number two. Number two is Everdell. Shocking. So, yeah. This is, this is <laughs> such a fun game. Um, one of the earlier ones I played at our friendly local game store, uh, I would say, 
our friend got the collector's edition, so it had a really pretty cover on it, and I was like instantly attracted to it because you know pretty colors. Yeah. <laughs> the production value on this game, even is, in the base is, game, though, I know. Like, like I got the base game for what Christmas two yep. years ago. Yeah, and even in that one, you get a tree that stuff stands on, and all the little tokens, you know, the rocks and the twigs and the berries. Um, and then the amber, I think, is the other one, yeah. right? Yeah. They all are different shapes made of different materials. Like the berries are little rubber pieces. So it's just really nice to look at. And then it's a worker placement style where you put your worker to, you know, buy cards or get resources. Um, but then you're also creating your little village of cards in front of you, which is a certain amount of cards in your grid. And you can use those cards with worker placement as well. Or they just give you victory points based on more cards that you have. Yeah. And the cards can stack, uh, you know, similar to Seven Wonders, where, you know, it says if you have this, you can build this for free type thing. Um, the real trick is I got really excited in my first game uh, and then all of a sudden had no space to yeah. put any of my cards out. So, you know, managing that. And then I like the seasons aspect where, as you know, once you use up the workers you start with, you change seasons. And then you get more workers. And the fact that you can do this at your own pace, you know, you're not stuck waiting for everybody else to finish all the turns they have before you can actually continue moving. You just are farther along in the game, basically. Yeah, it's it, it's a really neat mechanic with that variable ending to each season. Mm -hmm. And you're getting more workers each season. And, you know, that tableau that you're building in front of you just adds to the length yeah. of each round or each season, right? Exactly. You know, you start out and your first season could be one two turns i think it's usually two because you yeah. get like you start with two workers ish depends how good you are depends how good you are yeah. you can usually get two sometimes more but usually two and then by the end you're just like like 20 turns because you're you have six workers but you can do all these things with them right yeah it's you know when i first played it i described it as a whole bunch of me mechanics that shouldn't work together but absolutely but do. really do yeah they really really do work together mixed with fantastic production design Okay, Shay. Yeah. Number one. I don't think this one will surprise you at all. It will shock me. It is not going to surprise you. It's going to be uh, Azul. Yeah, definitely. That actually made my <laughs> uh, my possible list, but I thought it was yeah. too simple. Okay. Um, Champions of Midgard. Yeah. With the Valhalla and Dark Mountain expansion, I'll add in, because I've never played it without. So. Okay. Or should you? Or should you? Yeah, I don't like think you, you should. I think... You have to play it with Valhalla. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really like the Dark Mountains. Yeah. The fact that uh, you're not losing food and stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like it because it's another journey thing. But you, so you get the journey cards, but then you know you don't. Like you said, you don't have to use food for it. And also, it's more dice. So you have different types of uh, worker, or sorry, different types of warriors, which also help you out on the main board with the hunting if you do want to get more food and stuff like that. Um, and absolutely for Valhalla, just because you don't lose dice. Yep. Or, or, sorry, you do lose dice, but you gain something out of it instead of them just going away. Um, I thought that was definitely a, an awesome expansion for a game that you use your dice like warriors, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think what makes this game my top game that I've played is how much goes on in it and yet how simple it is. And also just like it's how nice it looks. Again, how nice it looks, how simple it is to play, but how much you can do in the game. Um, and even because there's not a lot of take that in it. 
the most you get is handing out blame tokens, which lose yeah. you points, but you can counteract that. No, so for sure. It, it's just, it's huge. It's gorgeous. There's tons to do. Um, and it's just so fun to play with people. So as someone who doesn't like worker placement games mm-hmm. and your top two games are worker, worker placement? placement games. Yeah. I might have to rethink that really. So, so that, I still that don't line may have to change. I still don't like viticulture. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't like that game. Well, wow, that's, that's, that's your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure it is. But yeah, I might need to rethink my, uh, my motto of worker placement. Meh. Yeah, well, only by my count, five of your okay. top ten are worker <laughs> yeah. placements. Okay, but they're worker placements with other things in them. They all have many different mechanisms, whereas you'll notice there are no true purely worker placements on there other than my, I think, Century, which is in my uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah. Okay, uh, really interesting list. Uh, a lot of them I could see. Some of them were... You know, a bit of a surprise, maybe yeah. Coimbra, just because we haven't played it for a little bit. Yeah, uh, means we need to play it again because I really like that I game. I do as really well. like the game. Uh, you've been listening to Board on the Air and Shay's top ten of all yeah. time. Yeah, thank you for joining us for a full year, everybody. Yes. Almost next Almost. week. Next week will be a full year. Yeah. Okay, I'm David, and I'm Shay. Talk to you next week. Have a good night.